Amen. Amen. God's good, isn't he? You guys enjoyed that time of worship? Wasn't that awesome? Come on, give him worship and more. I mean, he's worthy. Amen. Amen. Look in your bulletin real fast. There's a couple things you need to get out. One's the notes that you can follow along with me on my message. But also the stuff about the night of prayer. We're on uh, three weeks of prayer and fasting right now. And uh, man, I tell you what, I have been enjoying it. I enjoy it every time we do this together as a as a, a community, and um, I tell you what, God's just really, I've been hearing some stories about what God's speaking to you, and just keep it up. If you haven't started it, start today. Um, we got one more week that we're doing it all together. Now, you can fast anytime you want to, but, um, and fast and pray, but uh, if, just start it today. If you haven't been doing it with us, just go ahead and start it today and get this week in. I tell you what, God's going to, going to do some, show himself really strong in your life and that. But this Friday, we're doing an all-night prayer for all of us, and that's from 7 p.m. to 7 a.m. in the morning. Now, you don't have to come all night. I'll be here all night. Um, I will have a bed set up in my, my office, though, but just for, just to go to sleep. I'm at least going to be praying for one hour, so Jesus says, can't tell me, you can't pray for one hour, I'll at least do that, but no, I'll be here for most of the night. Um, uh, on that insert about the prayer night, just list of what we're going to be praying for. And uh, from 7 to 8, there'll be a, a live band here, and uh, we're worshiping together, doing testimonies and some other things, and then we'll go on through some praying, praying for our nations, and, and then going on from, like, I think 1 a.m. to 3 a.m. or 4 a.m. is uh, basically praying through Ephesians and the book of Ephesians, and then, uh, uh, and then in the morning, we're going to be doing some other things, praying for revival, and from 6 a.m. to 7 uh, a.m. will be another band here that will be doing some worship, so plan on coming to some of it. And uh, definitely from the 7 a.m., uh, 7 p.m. to 8, uh, 8 p.m., bring your family. This is going to be for a whole family. And then even from 6 a.m. to 7 a.m., I encourage you to come. And if you can come through the like the 1 and 2 and 3 a.m. and keep us company, that would be great. Amen? And uh, praying together. But I tell you what, I'm ex- so excited about this. This wasn't my idea. There's a few people in our church that had this idea that was crazy enough to come to us. And we were crazy enough to say, yes, let's pray through the night. I believe in prayer, and I believe God's going to honor that and honor us as we get together, and just not only for this 21 days, just to end this 21 days in, in all-night prayer and just seeing God do some things, and I believe God's just going to do some awesome things. I want to challenge you to be a part of it. Amen? How many guys going to do that? Amen? Everybody just clap for me. Make me feel good. Thank you. Amen. 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 Well, look in your, your notes in there. You can follow along with me. We're on a series on our mission. And um, this has been a um, thing that's been on my heart for the last, uh, really, really since spring, to be able to do this now because I believe that God just really wants to see us move forward and create a movement um, of evangelism, of discipleship, and, uh, and I believe that's our, God's heart. By the way, in, um, in, t- in beginning of February, I'm going to start a series on First John. You can start studying that. We're going to go through First John, and it so really fits in to what we're even talking about here, because uh, God wants us to love one another, not just the people we know and like, but the people we don't know and maybe not like. And um, and but our mission here on this earth that God has a purpose. For you and I. And just like we've been talking about for the last few weeks, that the mission of God, go and make disciples, isn't just for the professional minister. It is for every single one of us to do this. 
And a lot of times, like I said, the majority of Christians don't even ever in their whole lifetime lead somebody to the Lord. And that's sad. And the fact the way, the way America is today is not because of sin. It's more because of the church hasn't done their job. You can say that louder. Amen? That means you and I. But I believe that we're on a place right now that we realize that. And it's time for us to move forward and to create a movement on this earth that God's going to use to bring forth revival, to bring forth people's lives being changed. And I believe he's going to use you and I. Amen? Last week I, I uh, told you to... Um, to, to turn around around you and, and, and ask people, hey, do you know the Lord? And, and not only just do it here, but do it out there. And I've been hearing reports of people actually going up to people and just, just standing there and asking them, hey, do you know the Lord? And it's been great to see what God has done and used in that. And, uh, but, you know, it's something that we need to keep up. So today I'm going to give you some practical things to do and what, what it really means to disciple and how to do that. Because we need to live our life on purpose. And a lot of times we don't do that. You know, the Bible says where there's no vision, people perish. And when, when we don't live our life on the purposes of God, on what God has called us to do, other things begin to move in and take us off the path and take us on to other things. And listen, this is number one on God's heart to go and make disciples. That is the number one thing on God's heart is to see his kids come back to him. Wouldn't that be on your heart? To see your kids, if your kids didn't like you anymore and cussed at you and got mad at you and left you. How many many of your parents in here? Wouldn't that hurt? I mean, my six-year-old going over there and cussing at me and going over there and moving away. I mean, that would hurt. Says, Dad, I don't like you anymore. I want to live my own life and do whatever I want. That would hurt me. Don't you think that hurts God? And He wants His kids back. And He's moving on this earth to get them back. He is on mission. Did you know that God is on mission today? That He is working right now in the lives of people. And trying to give, get them to come back, trying to work in their hearts, trying to bring pre- people along their path to come back. And the great thing about it is he involves us in that mission. He encourages us to be a part of it and, in fact, empowers us bef- to be a part of it. And everyday missionaries, that's what we need to be. And we need to look at ourselves. Don't just sit around reflecting on the gospel and in a quiet room somewhere and thinking how great it is that everyday missionaries are on, on have a, live in a sense of urgency that saying, man, this world is about ready to end, that this, the time is coming for Jesus to come back. And we live in a, such a, a sense of urgency that I've got to get out. I get, let me just put it this way. I've got to get off my butt and do something amen we live in an urgent sense of urgency everyday missionaries are living in that that it's not enough to have a biblical foundation a biblical knowledge that we also have to have strong mission practices that i have to get out and do something now look at me i don't know where you are at spiritually every single one of you some of you may may are very mature spiritually you may you may you know the Lord, you know the Word, or some of you may just be newly coming into that. I don't care where you're at, you are called. In fact, to be mature is to know the calling and to walk in it. 
is to be witnesses, to be on mission. And people who live on mission are always moving towards others. The life of Jesus, as well as the life of Paul, really, that, it was a model for us. They didn't wait for the world to come to their doorstep. They went to them. In fact, turn to Mark chapter 5. Let me show you something here, what Jesus did here. Because that's what we need to do. We need to not wait. We need to go to them. We need to seek and find people who have needs. Mark chapter 5, verse 1 says, Then they came to the other side of the sea, to the country of uh, garrisons, and when they had heard, came out of the boat, immediately there met him out of the tombs a man with an unclean spirit, who had his dwelling among the tombs, and no one could bind him, not even with chains. So he would break off the chains, even the shackles he would break off to pieces. This man was extremely demon possessed. And when, uh, and when Jesus saw, verse 6, saw, when, Jesus, when he saw Jesus afar, he ran to him and worshipped him. And he cried out with a loud voice and said, What have I do with you, Jesus, Son of the Most High God? Now this is the, the demons talking, not the man. What should we do with, have you do with us? They're talking, they're, they're recognizing that he is the son of the most high God. He says, I employ you by God that you do not torment me. For he said to them, come out of the man, unclean spirit. Then he asked, what is your name? And he answered saying, my name is Legion for we are many. And he begged him earnestly that he would not send him out of the country. Now a large herd of swine was feeding near the mountain. So all the demons begged him saying, send us into the swine that we may enter them. And once again, Jesus gave them permission. Then the unclean spirits went out and entered the swine. There were about 2,000. And the herd ran violently down the steep place into the sea and drowned in the sea. So those who fed the swine fled, and they told it in the city and in the country. And when they went out to see what had happened, then they came to Jesus, and they saw the one who had been demon-possessed and had the legion sitting clothed and in the right mind. See, Jesus did something here. Jesus was intentional in everything he did. And Jesus was so intentional that he went to this man who was an outcast in his community. And he had compassion on this man. The man a man that society had written off and ultimately saw transformation in his life. See, living our life on mission requires us to be like Jesus, to follow him to wherever he is, and maybe even go to the other side, go to places that we would never go to, talk to people that we normally don't talk to because we put ourselves in this box and we only allow people in that we're comfortable with. I am. See, the people we need to help We need to get out of our comfort zone, and we need to go to, because they're not going to show up on our doorstep. God is working in people's lives every single day, and us as believers should be noticing it and finding out where God is and going to there. We have to invest in other people's lives intentionally and join God where he is at work. Just think about it. God is at work in every single person on this earth. He's drawing them to himself. And he allows us the opportunity to join him in that work. But we have to be able to invite people to this discipleship process, these relationships. 
We've got to get out of our comfort zone. We've got to go where they are, and we've got to find people, and we've got to love people enough and have compassion on them enough to say, listen, I don't, I, I don't care who you are. I just know I love you. And have a sense of urgency that I'm willing to go out and take my, step out of my comfort zone and show people who God is in me. So how do we do that? Number one, you've got to know your neighbor. Now, I'm not just talking about the somebody who ne- lives next door to you. Definitely, that's a start. But we've got to know people. You know, by nature, we are self-absorbed. It's easy to become so consumed with ourselves, thinking about only our situations, thinking about the things that are affect us. In fact, we choose our friends a lot of times, and we pursue relationships depending on what we can receive out of the relationship. But what if we began to look at people differently? What if we thought about people and saying, thinking, God, where are you at work? What if we join God and where he's already working at with people, working in our friends, working in our neighbors, working in our co-workers? See, everyday missionaries understand this, that they need to identify people identify their needs and they need to open up their eyes and and people who are on mission are looking god where are you at work at in these people's life and i'm going to go to them it's just like jesus did he only did what he saw the father do and heard the father say so he went where he was at work see knowing our neighbors is important is investing our lives in the people and it's not just about preaching to them all the time. It's about investing our lives. It's about dying to ourselves and giving our lives to somebody else. It's about sharing the love of God, about sharing your love for them. It's about gaining friends. And as you gain friendship and as you, you uh, serve other people and as you bring people into your life, the gospel just is going to flow out of you because that's who you are. Look at 1 Corinthians chapter 9, verse 22. It says this. Paul says, To the weak I became as weak, that I might win the weak. I have become all things to all men, that I might be, by means, save some. You know, the Scripture doesn't mean that Paul is becoming this cultural chameleon where he's like the culture and being like the culture. Listen, let me tell you something. You can never live like the culture and reach the culture at the same time. You are not called to live and to be like this world. You are called to live like Jesus, to be a light. But we are called to go into them. This is what that means. This is what it means that Paul did. He found ways to communicate the central truth of the gospel in different ways to different people. That's what it means. So identifying where God is leading you is so important. Because every single day you have people in, in and out of your life that you don't know or you may walk by every day. And you've got to ask the Lord, Lord, where are you leading me to? Who are you leading me to? I want to be there. I want to be right where you're at. And I want to be in the midst of your work. You know, identifying who God is leading to may be just as simple as you walking down the street with your eyes open and realizing that you are on mission and realizing by the direction of the Holy Spirit where you should go, who you should talk to, who you should befriend that day, who you should help. So know your neighbor. The other way is pray. 
Ask the Lord, God, who are you leading me to? And he's going to give you pictures. He's going to show you people. And you're going to find out who that is. So you're going to start knowing your neighbor. If we want to see, be on mission, we're going to know people around us, our sphere of influence, the people we walk into at Quick Trip or Walmart or, or Hy-Vee or Price Shop or wherever you go. You're going to walk into them. And then number two, you're going to live an intentional life just like Jesus lived. After identifying God at work all around you, the next step is to take action, to invest your life into those that God is working and has led you to. That you're going to start investing your life. You're not going to just hope someone else does it. You're going to go in and you're going to start meeting people and you're going to start talking to people and you're going to start giving them your life and you're going to meet them and you're going to invite them to things. You're going to, you're going to get to know other people. You're going to get out of your box and out of your comfort zone and you're going to start knowing your neighbor, but you're going to start being intentional. Paul made this process very clear to the, in the church of Thessalonica. In 1 Thessalonians chapter 2, verse 8, look what he says here. I love this verse. He says, we cared so much for you that we were pleased to share with you not only the gospel of God, but also our own lives because you have become dear to us. I love that. that he said, we cared so much for you. Man, I'm so glad somebody cared so much for me that they shared the gospel to me. I'm so, so glad somebody shared the gospel to my mom and dad, to my family. I'm so, so glad somebody cared enough to us to invite my dad in 1983 to come to Heritage Baptist Church in Wilmington, North Carolina, where we have never been to church before. And that changed our destiny forever. See, the gospel says, tells us that Jesus sacrificed everything for us. Why? Because he loved us. He cared so much for us. And Jesus not only modeled the sacrifice through his death, he modeled it throughout his life, over and over through the gospels. Jesus consistently poured his life into others. He sacrificially served all those People who was intersected in his life just like that demonized man who he could have just walked by because it's a lot of trouble. There's a lot of demons in him. But he didn't. Paul says, we cared so much for you that we were pleased to share with you not only the gospel of God, but also our own lives because you become dear to us. Who is that in your life? Who is that? Outside of your family. Who is that? That is the model. And he wants us to be intentional. You know, it's not, it's, being on mission is not about going to a specific place. Although God may lead you to some other place. But being on mission, it's about being intentional right where you're at. See, an in investment is always intentional. I choose to do that. It's a lifestyle choice that's rooted in the knowledge that God is already on mission around you and he has placed you in that environment to be on mission yourself because he wants you to reach people. Don't you think that the job that you're at right now is just for you to make money? 
Don't you think that because you went to the park that day, because it was a nice day outside, so your kids could go there, don't you think that that wasn't God leading you there? God is sovereign, and He is supreme, and He has a plan, and His plan involves you and I. And don't you think He's placed people around you for a purpose? The fact that you went into Walmart one day, and you were only going to get one thing, but came out with 50 things... The reason you came out with 50 things is because your eyes weren't open to what God was doing all around you. And he was trying to get you to follow somebody. And so you got things you don't even know why you got them. (laughs) See, being on mission is a lot cheaper. You could have went into Walmart and got that, that milk and led someone to Jesus at the same time. And it only cost you three bucks. What, how much is milk anymore? Three, something like that. I don't know. I don't go shopping. I have my people. <laughs> okay, every single one of you that tell on me after every service needs to <laughs> shut your mouth and pray. So <laughs> all you need to do. Oh, God. Someone needs to invest in me sometime here and invite me over to lunch because I don't think I'm going to have one. But anyway. <laughs> you know, the thing about it is, is when you start having this heart to know people and to be intentional and to invest in people, your life will completely change. Because you're living on mission. I just love that. Living on intentionally starts where you're at. Um, I don't. I, I can't explain the sovereignty of God completely. I, I, I've studied it for years. I've disagreed with certain people, and I've agreed with some, and now I might, I might disagree with those now and agree more with some of those. I, I just, I, I, I don't know about the sovereignty. I know I have, a, I have a decision to make and to be a part of His sovereignty. God is sovereign. His will is going to happen. That's what it means. Um, I can choose to be a part of it or not. And I, hopefully we all want to be a part of his will. Amen. But we have to make that choice. But I, I'm always wondering, God, why did I want to do a meeting at Starbucks in Blue Springs? When there's a better coffee shop in Raytown. You know, is, is it all by chance or am I actually being possibly led by the Lord and not even know it? And there could be a sovereign action that's happening that if I would just open up my eyes and be on mission, that I might be able to reach somebody and disciple them. Just because you where you work at, maybe God has you there for a purpose. And we just have to open our eyes and be intentional. Know our neighbor. Become friends with people. It's called relational evangelism. It works. Why? But why does relational evangelism work? It's because people would rather, would rather talk to you as a friend than as a stranger. 
and receive what you have as a friend. So we know people and we invest in people and bring people in our lives and invite people over and get to know them and then the gospel just comes out and then we're intentional. We live intentional. This intentional life of thinking, okay, God, you're at work and I want to be a part of that. And then number three, it's all about the invite. That after you get to know people and you're living intentionally, you invite them into the things of God. You invite them in to your life. Jesus was all about the invite. Stepping out and inviting people. He invited people to eat with him, to surrender to him, to give up their possessions, to walk with him, to follow him, to be healed, to rest. And the list goes on and on. And ultimately, Jesus invites us into the salvation experience. Luke 19, 10, for the Son of Man has come to seek and save the lost. God himself is on a rescue mission, and he's inviting people to be in right relationship with him, and we join God in that by inviting people. I remember in, in the 1980s, you know, we got saved in 1983, my whole family did, and, and then we, um, we go to church, and uh, after church, you know, we lived like, 20 or 30 minutes away from the, our church. And so we would go to church on Sunday morning, Sunday night, and our church services on the week, week, midweek was Thursday nights. And, and that's where we go to church. So on Sundays, we would stay in town and we went to North Carolina. And, uh, and so my mom and dad would always invite somebody from, the ch- from church that they met to dinner, to lunch. And so we'd go out to lunch. We'd go out to some restaurant, and we'd always have families with us. They'd invite one or two or whatever. they invite them. And it just it was really, you could see how people just really loved that. They loved the invitation. They loved to feel wanted, feel welcomed. I love that. To be invited into your, you know, your world. Invitation is so important to the mission of God is that we need to learn to invite people. And so once you begin to to open up your eyes a little bit more and your spirit to what God is doing, you get to know people and you invite them into your lives, and but you also begin to invite them into this disciple-making process. Well, you start discipling them. So you know them, you live intentionally, and then you invite them into this. That's one of the most powerful things you can do. And watch God just move them. We should make every effort to live on mission and to invite people into that, into that biblical community that we're in. Because number four, it's all about being a part of a movement. Listen, I want to be a part of a movement. Amen? I want to watch God do something greater now. I hear stories in the past. I want to see it now. And the goal of the church is not just to have an awesome church and have awesome small groups or discipleship groups and keep the same people around us. That's not the goal of the church. The goal of the church is is to live selflessly 
is to send people out. The goal is to see a movement, to see the gospel spread, to see new people come in, to know Jesus and new disciples made, to see other people groups reached, to, to see more small groups started, more churches started, and, and to send out more people. Not just even here, even throughout the world. And that's the goal of, of our church, is to see that happen, see that discipleship process happen, that the spreading, sending, and multiplying movements. And as we began to, to realize that, man, I, I have to be, open my life up to other people and, and, and begin to know my neighbor and to be, live intentionally to be able to do that and invite people in to this process that we're going to see a movement started. And multiplication is the heart of the movement. You know, to impact the kingdom of God, everyday missionaries must become part of equipping and developing others to live on mission. And that's the whole heart. And so this is what God is going to lead us into. Is for you to open up your life to somebody else. Like I said, no matter who you are, no matter how long you've been a believer or how much you know, you can lead somebody. You know more than somebody about God. And God wants you to open up your life to say, yes, Lord Jesus. I'm going to love my brother as myself. I'm going to love people more than me. And so I'm going to open up my life and get to know my neighbors, the people I have contact with. And I'm going to live intentionally. This is going to have a purpose. And I'm going to be intentional about that. I'm going to, I'm, when I go to the store, it's intentional. When I go to work, it's intentional. All about the mission of God. And then I'm going to invite people into my life. I'm going to share the gospel with them. And I'm going to show them how to live. And I'm going to multiply. And I'm going to, do, I'm going to disciple people. And this is discipleship. And, this is, and most believers don't understand discipleship. Most believers never get past the first point of discipleship. You know, I grew up, my dad was a, um, I had a business in, in North Carolina and a very successful uh, security business, but his main point was locksmithing. That's where he started at. And, and, uh, and so in order to learn locksmithing, you really can't go to a school. It, I mean, you can go to school. My dad hated when people went to school because he would have to retrain them because they didn't, didn't know it right. And uh, because they were taught by people who never really did anything. You know, that's pretty much what it is. Some of you guys who know trade understand that a little bit. And so um, the way my dad taught me um, was through discipleship, mentoring, someone walking you through it. It's the same thing with Christianity. Here in America, we've made Christianity like a classroom. You watch and learn. Now, that's part of it, but it's only the beginning part. Christianity, you will learn more as a believer when someone is walking beside you. Someone's walking alongside. That's discipleship. So when we're on mission, we're not thinking, I'm going to invite them to the church and leave them off. No. I'm inviting them into the life that God has in me. I'm going to invite them to church. I'm going to do those things. I'm going to invite them to my small group. They're going to come around me. I'm going to, 
it's, it's about dying to ourselves and living for God and giving our lives out to everybody else. It's walking alongside of them. So I want you to write these things down. I'm going to give you the plan of discipleship. It's so easy. Every one of us can do it. So I want you to write. It's not in your notes, so it's pretty easy. Here's the first step. After you know your neighbor, after you live in intentionally, and you invite them, this is what causes the movement of God. This is what causes the revival. Okay? Is number one, I do, you watch. Write that down. I do, you watch. So like my dad, he would take a lock. And he would show me how to rekey the lock. So he would have to take the lock apart. And all he asked me to do was watch him do it. He did not want me to do it because I didn't know how. I screwed up. So he said, watch. So he took it apart. He showed me how to do it. Every little detail. And he put it back together. And he says, did you see that? I said, yeah. Do I need to show you again? I says, yeah, because I'm ADD and I wasn't completely watching. <laughs> there was a little bug moving over here, you know, and you know how that is. But I do, you watch. In this stage, you lead by example. Being led and discipled. Follow me as I follow the Lord. That's what Paul said, right? So it's by example. So it's your life. Second one, I do, you help. I do, you help. My dad, okay, let's do it together. What do I need to do first? So I'm helping him do this. I mean, I, I worked for years with my dad from age, well, as far as I can remember. And I watched my dad, and then I began helping my dad. Used to, I used to travel in my dad, my, before my dad's business grew, I would travel in his truck, and I would just stay in his truck and watch him. But then I began to go after tools and lunch and whatever else he wanted me to do. But, and then I just began to help him. See, there's enough growth and desire, you begin to equip him for leadership. So let's bring this into a Christian perspective. So you're teaching a Bible study. So you're going to bring them in that process of how to study and help you do that. So I want you, my disciple, to get one of the points. What do you think? And you're bringing them along. I do, you help. Third one, you do, I help. You do, I help. So you give them more ownership and you allow them to consistently lead and offer them help and accountability when needed. So you kind of stand off. So my dad, he would give me the lock. Once he thought I was ready to do some things in the shop or in the truck or whatever, he would give me that and he would say, you do it, and he'll stand off the side. And when I needed help or I was doing something wrong, he would say, ho, 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 hold on here. You're doing it wrong. And I would say, no, I'm not. I know more than you. And that's when my dad fired me. <laughs> that, that's actually the truth. He did fire me because I knew more than he did. And then my mom hired me an hour later. But um, 
But you, you do it. You allow them to go off. This is discipleship, and I help. So I come alongside and help you do it. Then the, third, then the next one. Are you do, I watch. And then the last one is you do, and someone else is watch, watches. So it's I do, you watch. I do, you help. You do, I help. You do, I watch. And then you do, and someone else watches. That means they sent out. So if it's in a, like a small group, we bring them all through this. I allow them to do the small group, and I'm just there to watch. And then one day we send them out. You do your own thing. Or is we send them out to start a church. Or we just send them out to disciple one other person. That is discipleship. Now, most of us have never had somebody to take us through this. In fact, a lot of us, look at me, are still at the I do, and you're still watching somebody. Is it your fault? No. Maybe your fault, but most likely the church has not done this correctly. We need to change that, amen? That's why being a part of a small group is so important. Being part of a ministry group, being around people who may know a little more than you do. And to take you through this process. This is discipleship. There's no other way to disciple. And as a church body, I want us to go into this even more with each other and with the people we meet and God leads us to. Because as a church probably, we need to learn to identify, invest, and invite friends and neighbors into the family of Christ. And that begins today. Making disciples, it doesn't happen overnight, but it does require prayer and patience. And you allow God to work in and through you to mature others, and you mature at the same time. And that's the heart of God is that I'm going to find somebody because I'm going to live on mission. I'm going to know my neighbor. I'm going to live intentionally. I'm going to invite people, and I'm going to create a movement, a multiplication movement. I don't get this. If every one of us did that, we could reach our city. Just what we have here. That you go out and live intentionally and on purpose with the mission of God and God leads you to somebody one every one of us the 230 40 people in here right now you reach one person you invite them as a friend become friends with them and because of the gospel so ingrained in you it just flows out they become a believer and you begin to show them, to lead them, to disciple them. And whether it's a year or two or shorter or longer, then you send them to do the same thing. That's multiplication. So instead of 250 or so, we have 500. Instead of 500, we have over 1,000. I mean, it just continues, and you continue to do that. 
That's how the church began. And that's how the church will end when Jesus comes back. Amen? People discipling one another. So important. But we've missed it. I can't do it by myself. It's all of us together. And God wants to use you in his mission and his work. So who is God leading you to today? Now, remember, last week I told you to, invite, to ask people, do you know Christ? Do you know Jesus? And I told you to do it in here, and you did it in here, and you probably did it elsewhere. But, but who is God leading you to? I mean, what is God working? How is he working in the situations that you're in, in your school or in your job? Because you're there for a purpose, not just to get a degree or, or to work a job to get money or to go to that party that you didn't really want to go to anyway, but your kids really wanted to go to, and so you're just going to go. And just like we do as parents, exchange money all the time because we buy each other the $10 gift all the time, you know. But maybe there's a purpose in that. So you pass by somebody. Where is God working? And we need to find that out. And go there. Amen? And watch lives be changed for his kingdom. And the great thing about that is, I get to be a part of that. I get to have a part in seeing a life transformed for his glory, for his kingdom. I get to have a part to see God move in people's lives. I get to have a part to see his power and his ability flow through me and to invest in people's lives. I love it. I love hanging out with people. I love sharing the gospel. I love doing that. I love being around people on mission. I, was, uh, I told the first service this. I was I walk into Starbucks and here in Blue Springs, and I have meetings there once in a while. And and uh, um, I uh, I re- go by this bunch of older older men that uh, are that meet there. And um, when I'm there, and and so I'm walking by, and you know, the first off, they this they start out, you know, asking me why a young guy like you have canes, you know. That's and, th- and then they start making fun of me a little bit. But anyway. Um, but this one guy who actually starts it, um, he didn't know who I was. And um, an older man, older gentleman, and um, didn't know who I was at all. And I didn't know who he was. And so he just, you could tell there was something different about him. And so because he just keeps wanting to know more about me, why this has happened to you and everything. So throughout multiple times going to Starbucks, this guy and these other guys, the other guys make fun of me. They must not be believers. But anyway, um, or they may be believers and really need to get saved. I don't know. But anyway, we have fun joking around and stuff. And, um, but this one guy keeps on, and you can tell he cares. And then one day, I'm just sitting there. My, my, I, I use, sometimes I just multiple meetings in one place. It just helps me from traveling. I just... Have one meeting there, one meeting, one meeting, one meeting after that. So I was in between meetings, and this and this guy just comes up to me and he says, "Sean, 
um, can I, I believe, and he's just stumbling through his words, I believe in the power of prayer, and I want to pray with you. And I said, sure, come on, I want it. And he's, he, says, he, he says, well, I'm a believer. And I said, well, I'm a believer too. And you are a believer in God, right? And I said, yeah, I'm a believer in God. And, <laughs> and it was just so, it's just so cool. And I, I love being around people on mission. Because they actually love me. They love people. And they want to be around people. Listen, some of you are so afraid to talk to people. You, you feel just so inadequate. And let me tell you something. Don't do that. You have so much God has inside of you. And he wants to get out of you. And he's going to use you. He's going to use you. Every single one of you. I believe that. And you're going to have opportunities this week to be on mission. To invite people into your life. And then eventually, invite them into the kingdom. And he wants to use you. So who is God, has God put on your heart right now? Bow your heads. Close your eyes. Ask the Lord. Where are you at work, God? Show me. And he wants to show you right now. So ask him. Who should I reach out to, to befriend, to live a life on mission with? Maybe somebody that you pass through all the time at a store, or it could be somebody at work, it could be somebody in your neighborhood, it could be somebody that, you know, you see all the time, you don't even know their names. The first start to that is to to be intentional and find out who they are. Ask the Lord. Because God's going to use you. I believe God's going to use a lot of you. I know he wants to use all of you. To reach into people's lives and to be on mission this year in 2016. Whether it's one or whether it's more than that, I don't know. It doesn't matter. Just step out. If you reach one, you're a success. Invite people into your lives and love on them and talk with them and hang out with them and invite them in somewhere into your life where they become part of a friend or, and then allow the gospel just to take place. And watch transformation happen in their lives. And you invite them into the discipleship process where you walk alongside of them. And watch Jesus just transform them. And then they'll learn to do the same thing because you're going to teach them that. God wants to use you in that this year. So allow the Lord just to give you that picture right now. To give you even a name if you know their names. Of who... He's actually brought into your life and you didn't even know it. Amen? So Father, I just pray right now that we see who you've called us to right now in the name of Jesus. And that, Father God, that we'll get to know that neighbor, that man or that woman that you've called us to. We'll get to know them and give them our life and live intentionally Invite them into this process and see a movement happen, Lord, 
in Jesus' name, the multiplication happened where people are saved, healed, delivered, and set free and sent out to do the same thing with others, Lord, in Jesus' name. I thank you, God, that Cornerstone Church is going to see that happen in the name of Jesus this year. And then we thank you for it. Everybody say amen. Amen. Come on, give him praise right now. Isn't he worthy? Amen. Amen. How many, how many of you got a name or a picture in your mind when you prayed? Just raise your hand and look all over. Listen, I'll tell you what. I, I, you know, you be led by the Lord. Now, don't just go right after, after there and tell them, hey, listen, you're going to hell unless you accept Jesus. You might have to get a new name after that one, but unless the Lord leads you to that, you know. But invite them for coffee. Talk to them. Just ask them your, their name. Everybody, guess what, has a story. Every one of us has a story, right? Amen? Find out their story. And that opens you up, you to come into their life and have a relationship with them. And then let, allow the Holy Spirit to lead you. And listen, the gospel is going to come out of you because that's who your foundation is. And invite them into that process. Amen? And you can invite them to church. You can invite them to home groups. But don't just push them off on somebody else. You're called to disciple them. You're called to invest your life into them. Amen? And watch this God create a movement. Amen? Of people winning and discipling people. Amen? Around this world. In fact, some of you, God may call to a different place. We'll be excited to send you there. To explode where God sends you. Amen? Amen. God's so good. Give him praise again. You're so worthy, Father. Amen. 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 Well, it's time to worship God in our tithes and offerings. Listen, get out your bulletins real fast and uh, fill out your connection card. If you're visiting with us, thanks for coming. My name's Sean.